Hello, just to let you know, this episode contains some swearing. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the Audition Mishaps podcast. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford and I am your host and we are the show that shares with you, our listeners, audition nightmare stories from performers all around the world. That's right. We basically tell you tales that get sent into us from our listeners of times where a casting turned into an absolute disaster. They embarrassed themselves tenfold or something just turned the day into an absolute nightmare. We are here to share those stories anonymously with our guests and you and remind everyone it's all right for them to go wrong. If you're a performer, you will have had something like this happen to you. And if you've never done an audition before, hopefully this is a good peel back of that curtain to show you what really happens in an audition room. Well, like I said, a guest joins me every week to share with you the stories that we get sent in uh, in our emails. And this week, our guest is none other than Mr. Matthew Crosby. You'll know him from Pappies, from Radio X. He writes The Last Leg and Hypothetical, and he is a podcast king. If you listen to podcasts in the UK, you will have heard Matthew. It's as simple as that. Absolutely thrilled to have him on the show and hopefully can make him laugh and cringe and just curl into a ball with some of your stories. I've already recorded the show with him, so I know what a good episode it is. If this is your first uh, time listening to Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, then please make sure you say hello. Give us a tweet. Give us an Instagram. Say uh, hi. We're at Don't Call Us Pod. And uh, make sure you tell people to listen to the show as well. We want to make sure lots of people listen to this week's episode because it's really funny. And there are some terrible stories, including one about a Zoom disaster. That's right. The casting world has gone online and so have the mishaps. (laughs) It's a really good show. Hope you enjoy it. Make sure you email us in your stories to don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. So if you're listening and you think, oh, I've got one to send into the show, then make sure you do it as soon as you can and we'll get it in an episode as soon as we can. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Grab yourselves a coffee, glass of wine, depending on when you're listening to the show, obviously. And enjoy Matthew Crosby and I delve into our audition submissions for the week. On this week's Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. Oh, I forgot to say, uh, we start the show by asking people, what their relationship with auditions is. Do they like them? Are they terrified? I already know the answer to this. So enjoy. How do you feel when you have to go and present yourself in an audition? Is it one of those things that fills you with dread? Are you you kind of a bit more in tune with it now? Do you look forward to meeting new people that you maybe haven't met yet? Is there something that really kind of clings to you when you get that email? No, I hate it. I hate every bit of it. I hate getting the email. I hate reading the email. I hate looking at the sides. I hate the journey to the audition. I hate self-taping. All of it. I hate, that's the, it's the bit of the job that I hate more than any other. Because the one good thing about, you know, like when you think, oh, I'm going to be a performer, um, you sort of, you, you probably have this first thought, I'm going to be a performer when you're at school. And it feels like the antithesis of school, doesn't it? I'm going to be a performer. I'm not going to work during the day. I'm going to work during the night. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm going to, immediately that's different. You know, I'm going to have my days to myself. I'm going to do something that's fun as opposed to all the stuff they're making me do. And this is the closest, like doing an audition is the closest it feels like to exam time. But except for the fact that, you know, with your GCSEs, 
you get two years to prepare. I mean, I didn't use those two years to prepare. I, you know, I basically did it all as I would do with a casting, crammed it the night before. But um, but at least you've got the run up. You know, the kind of the the kind of uh, the time to emotionally prepare yourself for it. Whereas this is, you know, you get the email. Often the emails will come in really sort of really late in the day, like sort of four or five o'clock when life is winding down for the day. And they'll say, oh, by the way, tomorrow at 10, they want you to self-tape this, you know, doing this part. I think it's really going to be good for you. Also as well, you get a real indication of how you are viewed by yeah the casting directors or, or, or i mean I, I hate to use the phrase the industry because i don't think the industry i hate that phrase so it's one of those really words exi- i don't think it exists you know <laughs> it's all made up of individual people and i don't think there's any you know and if the industry does exist i don't think it views me at all you know <laughs> let alone has a very specific idea of what i am um but uh but y- you do get I, I did tend to get a lot of um you know He's very organised and he keeps all his DVDs in alphabetical order and this kind of stuff. And I thought, is that who I am? Oh, is that no. what people think I am? Because also, <laughs> like, or, or it'll be like, you know, he's obsessed with his Doctor Who and Star Trek. And it's like, I, you know, I've got glasses, but I don't watch <laughs> Doctor Who and Star Trek. I don't, you know, not together. I, I, no, <laughs> I mean, no, not together. But I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not a kind of. I don't, I'm not into, you know, the Marvel stuff or the Lord of the Rings or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I just sort of have that look about me. Um, so it would always, you know, it, 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 it's just, it, it, that's kind of bad to think. I mean, not that I'm expecting them to email me and go, it's a sort of classic, good looking leading man type. I'm not assuming that, but, you know, it would be nice to have a bit of variety. Have a, it'd be um, nice to have a choice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, genetics stands in the way. Um, Mine was always, looks like he's a bit cuddly. I'm like, all oh, right, okay cuddly yeah 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 that's another classic yeah he's cute in a friendly way you know exactly (laughs) sexually non-threatening yeah is what you get yeah not a lot of life experience but he wants to (laughs) (laughs) actually that's you know that's not a lot of life experience but he wants to is better than keeps his dvds in alphabetical order (laughs) that suggests a story rather than a thing he once did because it was a because it was a Wednesday afternoon and it was wet and he didn't have any work. The second line was, but he eventually turns out to be a serial killer or something like that. So it's fine. Again, I'll take that as well. You know, <laughs> this character movement and development in it. Yeah, so it's fine. I could, you know, I'd happily, I'd happily play a jolly, uh, a jolly creep. I'd be up for that. <laughs> That's your autobiographical title there, Matthew Crosby. The jolly, jo- creep. jolly creep. <laughs> That's the book my wife's writing about me, married to the jolly creep. Yeah, but she's not going to present it to you until the day she leaves. That's the thing. So, <laughs> She'll serve me the divorce papers and the first uh, folio of the book. Yeah. <laughs> Cover to be revealed. <laughs> All right, let's let's get in with some stories then. So for those listening for the first time. All our audition tales this week have been sent in by uh, listeners to the show from all over the world of times when those casting moments stuck in their head and yeah, they can't let them go until they find a podcast to send them into. And luckily, that's what we're here for. So, so we're hopefully, you know, they're gonna they're gonna feel sort of absolved. That's the yeah. idea. Is yeah, that yeah, you, yeah. You know, I guess gonna, so. It's 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 a, it's a problem shared. Yeah, it's it's uh this this happened to me, and one of them was a long time ago. Please tell me they happened to you as well. <laughs> I suppose it's that. And from all the episodes that we've done so far. 
I think very clearly, oh my God, these happen to so many people. And there's one that I want to tell you later, which is very relevant to the self-tape age. Uh, Great. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. And I've almost been waiting for that kind of thing for, to happen for the entire series so far. And I'm so pleased I finally got one. <laughs> it's a big day for both of us. It's great. <laughs> so this first story was sent in by an actor uh, who says, I've got a fair few, but here's one to get started on. This one goes out to all the women who've had to feel like they live up to silly beauty standards in a casting. I was 16 and had decided I really wanted to try this acting thing. And I landed my first ever commercial audition for Kinder Bueno to be aired in Europe. For some reason, the premise of the advert was a daughter sunbathing in the garden in her bikini while her dad is cussing the grass and presumably someone's eating a chocolate bar along the way. At 16, and maybe still now, the idea of being in only a bikini in a casting room was rather daunting. So I immediately set to work on getting prepped and preened for the next day. Oh, what? So, so you, so, we, well, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting <laughs> a crucial moment there. I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to continue that. <laughs> After shaving, sorry, yes, go on. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll give all of my extra thoughts about this later, but I feel like I, I've, I've really trampled on a moment that is no, not at all. It, I, I'm already with her because the, even the idea of like taking my shirt off in a casting, uh, uh-uh. so being in a bikini at the age of sixteen in a casting room, no, 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 it no, no. Sounds no. yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I'm hoping there's some sort of parental supervision. I hope, I hope real dad came along, lawnmower or no, <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, he and, brought his uh, flymo, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's hear, let's hear what our, our friend uh, got up to. She says, After shaving my legs, pits, and cautiously attempting my bikini line, only a few nicks, I then exfoliated and fake tanned my pale Irish skin all over. I'll be the most glamorous chocolate-eating 16-year-old they'd ever seen. Now, as an Irish woman from the West Coast, my body has evolved to be dark-haired all over presumably to protect me against the cold weather. <laughs> In my dolphin-like tan state, I suddenly became aware of a snail trail, a new dark-haired place that at 16 I'd never even considered. But hey, what's, that's what beauty standards are for, right? And she says, for anyone who doesn't know, and I didn't know this, a snail trail is the line of dark hair that some special people have running downwards from their belly button. It's a sign of mythical powers, she says. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't know it was a sign of mythical powers. And I feel a lot better because, I mean, I've got, it's not a trail with me. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an open park. highway. <laughs> yeah. She says, rather than shave it, uh-oh, I thought, I'll bleach my snail trail. Uh, right. <laughs> okay, Out- I can already see a problem here. Yeah. Out comes the pot of Jolene and I slather it on in a big rectangle. After a slight burning for a couple of minutes, I wipe it off. Unfortunately, this also wipes off a big rectangle of fake tan. (laughs) (laughs) I now have a white box on my abdomen, highlighting where my snail trail once lay. But no bother, I thought. I'll just re-tan the area so that it blends in. Bish, bash, bosh. Okay. I mean, easily done, isn't it? You know, easily done to just re-tan a a particular area. Yeah, okay, let's let's, go on. The next day, I travel into London for the casting. At the reception desk, I'm handed a dressing gown and instructed to get changed into my bikini in the disabled toilet. The glamour is almost too much. I get changed and then join the silent waiting room of teenage girls, all sat in their dressing gowns alongside their fake dads, who, of course, are fully clothed. (laughs) It's the least relaxing spa scene you've ever seen. 
<laughs> Some three floors down in a Soho casting room, yeah. My name is called and I'm paired with a kind looking man. All right, Dad. We head into a very small basement, a very small basement room and are practically on top of the casting director at her desk as we stand there saying hello. Time for the idents. Dad goes first and now it's my turn. I'm only a few feet in front of the casting director. So I do the world's most awkward strip as I suck in my stomach and gingerly take off my dressing gown. And to my horror, I look down to see a dark orange, perfectly rectangle beam in from my abdomen. <laughs> I mean, it, fing fingers crossed it was in the shape of a Kinder Bueno. Because then, then you can just go, look, I've really gone for it. I've attached a Bueno just above my pubis. There's no graphics work needed. I'm all Exactly, in. yeah. <laughs> it turns out I hadn't wiped off the fake tan with the bleach. In fact, oh, no. I had just double fake tanned my tummy, a la Ross from Friends, in this commercially lit room. <laughs> I am positively radiant. <laughs> oh, man. The casting director definitely notices, but she just smiles and asks me to sunbathe on a couple of plastic chairs they had lined up. Dad walks round me in silence, miming mowing the lawn, while I awkwardly relax on the odd-shaped chairs and occasionally wave and smile at him. As I lie in silence with my golden stomach glowing to the heavens, I wonder how any of this is relevant to a chocolate bar and whether this acting thing is even for me, but thank goodness it didn't put me off. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, firstly, a phenomenal story that's made me feel incredibly sick and scared and awkward for you. Um, oh, boy. I mean, this is not the this is not the key aspect of this. I mean, typical. We've got two men hearing yeah. a story of of, <laughs> of, 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 a, of a poor young girl's plight. And I'm going to talk about the other man in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's but, what everyone wants to hear, isn't it? Let's face it. Let's let's find out. How, you know, um We'll, we'll we'll get onto her situation in a second because it is a difficult one. But I'm sort of I'm sort of composing in my brain what I want to say about it. <laughs> it's a tricky thing when you're like talk about this horrible story about a girl a, a 16 year old girl in a bikini. You think well I'll I'll take a second on that. I'll take yeah. a bloke. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna frame frame my comments with context. The the idea of the mime I think, <laughs> is the one of the worst things in a casting. The idea that you should be able to mime something effectively like. That's not that's not a skill you will then use. It's a skill you demonstrate in the casting, but you don't use in the advert. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like miming. When they say, oh, mime eating something. And you go, oh, 100%. I'd suit, like, I'm not a big fan of, you know, yamming away on some food in front of other people. But it's a hell of a lot easier than pretending to drink a cup of tea or eat a Kinder Bueno or whatever. Miming mowing the lawn, you know... As soon as someone says, it's, yeah, it's, you just imagine, the, you know, how do I, how, how do I hold my arms when I, when I'm mowing the lawn? Are they, are they outstretched entirely or are they, do they, you know, do I have my elbows in, you know, sort of cinched yeah. in by my ribs? I just think it's, you know, I'm not saying bring a lawnmower, <laughs> but just have him walk around. Don't, don't, don't make the poor guy have his arms stuck out in front of him. Yeah. Like a He's goon. Just, yeah. Just walking around grinning to nobody just looking like he's a zombie just not really committed zombie just kind of going like that oh I know dear. the casting director will always say well it's not for us it's for the clients and they just sort of they don't have a lot of imagination they need to be able to see you you know but you go well if they don't have a lot of imagination then bring in a lawnmower yeah <laughs> because you're asking to do extra yeah. here 
by saying, oh, okay, this guy with his, ar- you know, walking with his arms out like his in- invasion of the body snatchers. Actually, he's pushing a lawnmower around a, around a lawn. But anyway, that's not what our friend emailed to talk about. <laughs> and let's, let's get to her thing. It's, uh, it, it's... Well, the question is, have you ever, uh, have, have, have you, uh, Chris, have you, ever, have you ever faked hand? Have I ever faked hand? Not intentionally. I will say that. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so, and it uh, <laughs> it was during my audition life. I I'm all a big fan of any a, a big fan, this is great. I've 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 played a blinder here because I don't want to talk about a girl in a bikini. So I've thrown a hardball to you that you're really struggling with. There we go. I borrowed my then girlfriend now wife's moisturizer and it was one that had a slight tanning element to it. And I was using it for the week and I didn't know that that was the after effect until I used it on my face two days running. And then she looked at me going, you all right? Because we live in Dartford. You can't get that brown that quickly. Uh, what, did, what, did, what did you think was happening? You thought, oh, I assume I'm just wearing a pair of leather gloves. I just didn't realise I had them on. <laughs> thought How I was looking you... good, Matthew. <laughs> right, I understand. And were you doing an all-over moisturise? Was that, was that the... Your... I was doing... <laughs> shoulders and up so you know <laughs> because i i didn't um i i self-tanned on holiday on holiday years. yeah I've, well if we we, arri- we arrived for a wedding in bali and everybody else either lived in australia or had been in bali for like a fortnight in you know they were the okay. family they'd taken a long holiday okay. we arrived like a couple of days before the wedding and i was like everyone there looks incredibly brown and my wife had brought some some sort of Saint Tropez or whatever it was. Uh, again, it was it was like a moisturizer with a bit of tan in it, so I thought it won't be too too severe. So I did my I did my face and my hands. I thought that's all I need really to wet it. Enough. Isn't it? Do your face. Yeah, it's your all hands. everyone's going to see. You've got a suit on. You're fine. It, exactly, exactly. But then of course there's the wedding party the night before, which starts in the afternoon and is a pool party, which I didn't realise. Oh no! So we oh, no. we arrive. And they say, oh, there's a pool here. And um, but again, I'm not thinking, oh, I can't get in the pool. Uh, I just go, okay, fantastic. I've got my, you know, I've got my trunks on anyway. I knew we were going to be right by the beach. So I, I take off my I take off my shirt. I'm in the pool. I'm splashing around. It's only when I see the photos afterwards oh, no. that I realize that I just have these two orange hands an orange face. And also because I'm not, you know. I'm not, this is the first time I've ever self-tanned. I'm not doing it with any kind of accuracy. There's like sort of spl- a Jackson Pollock splatter <laughs> all over on. my decolletage, yeah. yeah. And it's just sort of, it just sort of eventually stops. It's like I'm wearing like a sort of a rubber mask of David Dickinson. It's just sort of <laughs> like, and then <laughs> I could just peel off. But um, but yeah, it's a tricky thing. The first time you self-tan, um, I, th- I, I think the problem here is it, it, there's a lot of... It, She's attempted a lot of things. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah all together, the yeah. Snail tra- <laughs> yeah. The the the, the self tanning, the bleaching of the snail trail, the the reapplication of 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 fake tan. It's um, and presumably this this as well is pre because nowadays you know there are there are um YouTube tutorials to talk us through how to you know contour your abs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's 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 it's all out there. But I'm assuming this is you know yeah prior I, to the age of, of, of there's a a beautiful innocence in i think the the outcome of that and although i can imagine she was completely mortified looking back on it that's what we're here for she's not necessarily did anything wrong but she certainly 
it may be believed in her own beautifying abilities <laughs> all at the same time a little yeah. too much but it was i know but you've com- got it you know this is the way you, there, there must have been a you know i'm sure um uh you know vidal sassoon the first time he tried to cut his own hair had a, had a nightmare you know you've got to start you've got to start somewhere haven't you the the other thing i would say about this this advert is that you know obviously our, our job is not to critique when you're when you go into a casting our job is not to critique the concept of the advert but i think if it's a sunny day sunny enough that i'm sunbathing in my swimwear the last thing i want to put in my garb is a kinder bueno yeah the clan. yeah yeah, yeah. You can oh. just—I mean, firstly, <laughs> if it's hot enough to sunbathe, that Kinder Bueno—you're you're, you're taking it straight from the fridge and eating it. That's what you're doing. You can't—that you're, you're not trotting that across the lawn. It's going to melt in your hand. So it's—it's it's mad to suggest that you know. Don't try and style Kinder Bueno as a summertime snack. Yeah, the cool, refreshing alternative to ice cream. <laughs> it's not a Calippo, all right. <laughs> it's well, not a mini she, milk. she ended up looking the colour of a Calippo with a sandwich. She did, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That came from a good friend of mine, and she said, this is the first of many. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to having more from her in, in the next few well, it episodes. A, it was a great debut performance. <laughs> Enjoyed the hell out of it. Looking back to the times when you've had to go into auditions, are there any that stand out in your mind as you go, what? what? And, and that just kind of left you feeling some sort of, what the hell was that? <laughs> I suppose is the best way of putting it. Yeah, they. I mean, they. They all do, really. They all do to a to to a certain degree. I think any t- and, and and again, most of the casting. I mean, I've done s- some castings for sort of dramatic or comedic roles, but mostly advert castings have been the things. So, because I think in the comedy world, quite a lot of the time, you just go, oh, like we know who's around. You know, we just go, I'll get my friends yeah. to do that role. I'll get this person to do yeah. it. You know. The last thing I did was um, I did a, an episode of The Reluctant Landlord. They needed someone to play uh, a guy who looked a bit like Jesus. Obviously, Romesh thinks, Tick. well, Crosby's got long hair, he's got a beard, he can play someone who looks a bit like Jesus. It's three lines. He won't, he won't mess it up. Um, so so that's, the, that's the kind of way it is. But, so, but these advert castings, they don't know you. And um, there was one. And you always know when you get to the, the waiting room outside the audition... There's two kinds of things that happen when you get to the waiting room. You either walk in and there's a load of guys who look just like you. Yeah. And that's pretty weird and unnerving. Yeah. Um, especially if one of them is the famous person, you know? Like, oh, yes. There's, yes. There's that's often, a good point. you know, um, I remember I was down to the last two for a role in an advert campaign. And I got there and I sat down next to the bloke who was the other, you know, getting down to the last two, there are only two people up for the role. It's either me or this guy. Yeah. And this guy was super hands from Peep Show. I'm like, oh, well, obviously you're going to go for him. <laughs> oh, no. Because he's super hands from Peep Show. He's a famous per, you know, like he's somebody who already. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I did my best. I can't even remember what, what um, I can't remember. I, I, rem- I remember we had to dress in black and white clothing and um, he was wearing a suit and I was wearing the nearest thing I had to black and white clothing, which was a brown jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. He was in a black if and white just, suit. If you just was... kind of squint, it might turn a bit grey. But it's... <laughs> it's dark. It's dark compared to the rest of the things I've got in my wardrobe. But <laughs> but um, but but yes. No, I, I remember being at a, at a casting, and so th- so that's one of them. Either guys who look just like you, yeah. or guys who look all different kinds of people right or like or, you know and uh, you know we, we, there's, there's there's men there's women there's a cgi character who's got, you know there's you know there's, there's there's some there's some acrobatic dogs and you're like oh right you don't know what you're looking for yeah and that's yeah. that's you've, worse you've thrown headshots at a wall and and let's see what the the team want and that's it Exa- exactly and this was one of those castings and there was a bunch of people there um uh I won't say who who was there, but a bunch of people there that you know you or I would recognise. Yeah, a bunch of people that uh, I just knew from kind of the, the the comedy circuit, and we had to. It was for um, it was for a, a Yahoo or something like that, or a search engine, something like that. And the idea was uh, they wanted us to lip sync along to a Prince song. Uh, so it was a Prince song. I a Prince song I didn't know. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, it wasn't one of your. It wasn't one of your classics. It wasn't your Raspberry Beret. It wasn't your Purple Rain. So there was clearly a license budget limitation here. That's what well. <laughs> I, 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 here's here's the thing um, that uh, we'd I, I'd spent that night, you know, just playing it constantly over and over again. And again, I think this might have even been like pre Spotify. So I was probably just on a like streaming a YouTube video of it, or I bought it on iTunes. And I was just listening to it over and over again. Um, but uh, listening to it over and over again, trying to learn the words, and then the next morning, the day of the audition, they say, "Oh yeah, we've changed the song." No, it's not, no, it's not a, no. a Prince song. And you know, and of course, they didn't say we've changed the song. It's now Happy Birthday. You know it. It's fine. Yeah, we've changed it to a a, a Kanye West song. And again, oh, for goodness sake, not one of your big, not one of your big ones. And even if it is one of your big ones. It's a it's rap. That's hard. You know, rapping is can't whatever you think about the man, he's very talented. He's got a lot of skills. When I watch drag race, it's Kanye West lip syncs or nothing. That's that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was it was lip syncing along to that and um yeah, so we, we, I I get into the audition, load of different people, all all different, all different ages, you know people in there i would say people in the sort of 50s and 60s people sort of way younger than me i was probably in my 20s at the time and um we're, we're all we've all got our headphones in we're all desperately listening to this kanye west song we've all got the, the lyrics in front of us and of course because that's the thing you're thinking about yeah. you're not thinking about the fact that as well as lip syncing to this you're doing a day in the life of a guy who's a sort of famous like he's he's not famous but he's living the life of a celebrity it was yeah. like all one shot that was what they were looking for all one shot so like you know you um you walk into a in, into a cocktail bar and you, you you cheers some girls then you you end up on the dance floor and you do you do your, your disco dancing then you you get into a, a limo and you get out the other side of the limo and there's all these autograph hunters and you've got to sign an autograph and it's all of these things you've got to do whilst also lip syncing it but of course I've, I'm, I'm all i'm thinking about is trying to remember the the uh the, the kanye west song which I, every time i hear, in fact if i want to hear that, that prince song or that kanye west song i feel physically sick <laughs> so i'm i'm sat there in the i'm sat there in the uh in the in the waiting room and my friend david is ahead of me he goes in he comes out and just looks ashen faced oh, no. he looks like he's been beaten up you know he all of the color has just drained out of him he looks and and, and again 
David is somebody who is like hugely, hugely successful. He has been in sort of, you know, one of the few people I know that's been in like major motion pictures. He's like a, he's a proper actor. He knows how to do it. Um, but obviously, advert money is very good. So he's, going, he's going up for this. Ab- yeah, absolutely. You know, this that could be, you know, that could be a, a year's pay. That would be, you know, in 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 a in a uh, you know a single. The days of a strong buyout. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you go you go away to Prague. The advert might not even be shown in the UK. You'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So um, so anyway, then I get in, um, feeling nervous, but thinking I, I think I basically know the song. And again, it's that thing that you've got the you've got the sofa there of a bunch of guys dressed in sort of absurdly cool clothing, you know, enormous <laughs> trainers, the backwards baseball cap, non-ironic, <laughs> and looking at their laptops, not really looking at you. Yeah, never making eye contact ever. <laughs> never exactly. Yes, making ever. no eye contact, talking as if you're you, you, as as if you are the laptop. And there's a, a director, and he's like, uh, "Okay, so I'm just gonna, t- you know, I, I'm gonna give him a Dutch accent. I think he was, <laughs> I think he was Dutch-ish. Um, but he's like, okay, I'm just gonna give you a few different things you're doing, and uh, I want you to. Sh-. And again, it's miming them, as well. But, but it, instead of giving me the, you know, one of them is picking up an Oscar and holding up the Oscar, but instead of the uh, an Oscar, they've got um, a jar of Horlicks. So like, it's all really <laughs> weird stuff, like you know, like. I, I, I know you haven't got a huge budget, but we're in central London. There's a bunch of shops that sell fake Oscars yeah. for, for eight quid. Hamley's get, round the corner. So, exactly. You know. <laughs> go, go and get one of those. If you, if you, if it's like, if it's my, I'm holding up an Oscar. Fine. If it's hold up a fake Oscar, fine. But don't make me hold up some Horlicks yeah. and shake them above my head as if I've just won, you know, a, a best supporting actor. Um, so it's all of these things. But then as I'm doing these and trying to, to lip sync along, he's throwing in weird things like, uh, okay, so now you've gone, into, uh, you've gone into this dance floor and you're sort of dancing around and you dance up to one girl. And so I'm doing, and, and this is, not, he's not telling me and that I've got to do this in 35 seconds. He's saying do it, it now. to me and I'm doing do it, it as, yeah. you know, as I'm miming along to the song. He's like, okay, great, great. Dance up to the girl. And now you, uh, you've done something really sort of sexually inappropriate to her. Whoa! I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've just done done something sexually inappropriate. Now you've got to apologise to her. It's like, what is this advert? Where I mean, it was just really, it was really bizarre. So at the same time, you, that this is the bit that I think hurts me about. Hurts is a strong word, but you know that gets me about <laughs> advert uh, advert castings or any castings really, is that there's so many times when I've thought. I'd like to stop this right now. Yes. Go, Sorry. Yes. Wait. All of the things you've asked me to do is fine. What, pretending to get into a limo, pretending to get out, pretending to do a dance, you know, all of that kind of stuff, pretending to win an Oscar, that's fine. But this feels like you're just doing it to make me feel like an idiot. Like you're almost pushing me to see what I'm willing to do to yeah. be an idiot in front of you to see whether, you know, you're, you're sort of bre- breaking me down, as it were. But I didn't do that. I just sort of did the most mild kind of like two pelvic thrusts and a arms up to apologize kind of thing. And then left. And he went, oh, fuck. I didn't, I'm not getting the advert. I know I'm not because I was all over yeah. the place. I was a mess. But I'm also walking out without any dignity because I, I know my price. You know, I think it was like 28 grand or something. So yeah. I was thinking I would sooner on tape in front of strangers mime something that's awful for the, yeah. for the, for the thought of getting that money. And you go, well, that's not who I, I'm not. That, I am not that person. 
you know and i wish i you know i've i've, I've got I've, i know stories of people who have stopped a casting and said sorry what you're asking me to do is absolutely outrageous and i won't yeah. do it and i have got so much respect for those people because you know what what what, it's, what these castings often prove is that you can be bored yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah for for rapidly decreasing amounts in my career i'm prepared to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean back in the days when it was 28 grand now it's you know i will do that for 400 quid yeah and a trip to hitchin oh there's, um, there's no buyout yeah that's fine yeah it's fine oh i have to pay to get there i'm fine yeah yeah fine you working haven't worked it? in a year yeah it's yeah. all right yeah but you did leave with a lovely jar of Horlicks, so it's okay. <laughs> That's what I should have done. Yeah, like Alan Partridge with his with his Stilton. Yeah. I should have just grabbed the Horlicks and run out of there. This is one of the reasons that we make this show, because there's a lot of people who listen that are in our creative world and our performance world, but there's a lot of people that listen that have never done an audition in their life. And the more that we explain some, let's just preface it with some commercial castings, most, uh, it's most... <laughs> They are absolutely batshit crazy sometimes and really push you to the edge of your, like you said, the kind of what am I prepared to do? And in turn, it might be literally about two, three minutes of your day, but they are utterly exhausting because you've got yeah. to go through this whole massive range of emotions. Like you said, not in a minute's time. They could have told you that before you go in and then you could have taken in 30 seconds worth of stuff. Be ready for them. But that's on the spot. The high pressure is usually quite a dark room or, a, you know, bright lights in your face, cameras, someone at the tripod, you can't see their face. There's a lot going on in those rooms. And for them to kind of throw things like that at you, it's just not on. It's not on. Yeah, it's really, I mean, you know, it's it's bad. And I, I maybe I'm, maybe I'm being hard on myself because I didn't, you know, I didn't mime something utterly graphic. I did, you know, like, I, I did a crossed wire. I did my best kind of crossed wires in a club. You know, innocent crossed wires in a club. That's the best thing I I could I could I could do. But at the same time, I didn't because I didn't even have. If he'd if he'd said to me, "Oh, in a second you're going to do that," I would have said, "Sorry, what?" But I'm in the middle of this lip sync dance thing, and my brain is just going, "Just do all of the things he's telling you to do." And again, it's like you know, it's like if I go back to um, the the idea of being at school, and you think this just feels like. I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know what I'm getting out of it, but I'm being told by somebody that I don't respect, but fear <laughs> that I should be doing it, and therefore I'm obeying them. Yeah. What an awful, you know. Yeah. What 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 an what an awful way to spend an afternoon. He probably didn't mean for you to do anything absolutely insanely disgusting. He probably just meant that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I mean, again, you know, let's give let's give our friend the benefit of the doubt. He is, you know. This is his second language. He means, you know, bad flirting. Yeah. Is what he means. Exactly. Do some bad flirting, get rebuffed by the girls, leave the club. So he thought what you actually did was horrific. So that's what <laughs> <laughs> It's when I got down on the ground and started humping the floor. He was like, okay, mate. He started waving his pelvis in the way that they've never seen before. <laughs> Can somebody incinerate those Horlicks, please? Because I can't in good conscience give those to another actor. Yeah. Oh, dear. Right. Oh, flipping it. Sorry, I've really, I've really put us through the, the <laughs> ringer here. I feel like, I feel like, I, you know, like we're supposed to be making ourselves feel better. And I think I've just given myself PTSD that I didn't realise yeah. I had. And I actually transferred it onto you. You're, more, you, you're welcome back for another therapy session in the future. I probably, it's fine. <laughs> oh, God, I'm, I'm finding it's very cathartic, actually, now. I feel, I feel it's like It's great, it. isn't it? The thing yeah. is, I, I get to a point 
making the show and I'm like, I think I've used all mine up. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah, I remember, yeah. oh, no, oh, no, that Maltesers advert was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, no, that was... <laughs> Uh, so for people who don't know you, uh, you do brilliant podcasting with Pappies. Uh, and how has it been moving Flat Slam online? How have, you, uh, how have you found performing it to effectively nobody in the, in the straight vicinity, but knowing that there's lots of people watching and, and then listening online? Have you enjoyed it? Have you found it a bit more difficult than you thought? How's it been for I've, you? I've not. I've, you know what? It, it, it really depends. I, I think as... As soon as you sort of put out of your mind that, that there's sort of several hundred people um, watching it at home and just perform it to each other and try and have as much fun. Because I think some of the best, you know, like we don't do all of our podcasts in front of an audience. Some of them are just uh, us chatting. And it's the same with doing the radio show with Ed. The most fun I have is just chatting to Ed and to Vin and thinking this is just the three of us chatting and we're just trying to make yeah. each other laugh. And you hope that, you know, you, you, you still want to think, you just want to broadcast out rather than, you know, in, but you hope that the audience at home are just enjoying sort of eavesdropping on what should be a fun conversation. If you can get that into your mind, that's quite a nice way of doing it. And also as well, you don't have that problem. Like I, I, I work on, um, I work on the last leg. I'm one of the writers on the last leg and we haven't had an audience for, um, well, nearly a year yeah. now, I think was the lot. Yeah, so it would be a year of, of no audience. And some nights it's better, you know, because, you know, we, we record at 10 o'clock at night. It's a yeah. live show. The The audience will often have, um, you know, they'll, they'll come straight from work. They might not even have time to have their dinner. They'll be uh, ushered in about, eight, you know, 8.30. They'll be sat there for a while. Uh, the show will start at 10 and they're knackered because it's Friday yeah. at 10 o'clock. Everyone, you know, they normally watch the show at home in front of the telly, you know, with a glass of wine, you know, possibly nodding off towards the end because it's getting late. <laughs> but um, we don't have that anymore of the, we don't have to, to deal with the, the slightly dodgy audience because the yeah. audience is just each other. You've, if anyone listening has never been in a TV audience, it's a long time. You, yeah, you are I there mean, for a long time for what is only an hour's worth of a show really yeah yeah i mean i've been you know obviously i've i've done um uh i've, I've been at longer records live is better mm. for me because once the show's over the show's over you know there's no there's no edit nothing it's just yeah. we finished it that's it the show's finished it's gone out on telly it's done there's no pickups um, to do because you can't do them <laughs> exactly yeah yeah any mistakes you made have to be dealt with so the audience <laughs> does get a much better experience i think you know i think you get a better experience coming to watch that sh show than you might do watching a panel show that films for maybe three hours to chop down to sort of 25 minutes but um uh what you what you do get is having to start really late so you're still leaving you're still leaving nearly at, at nearly midnight um, when you actually end up leaving the place, so it's, it is it, it can be long. It's really fun, and when there's a good audience, there's no substitute. Um, but uh, occasionally, once a series, we get an audience who are just I don't know. I mean, I've been in bad audiences, you know. Mm. Like it's not like you know. I, I'm I'm a big laugher. I'm a, I, th I think I'm a good cheerleader. You know, I like going to see my friends like Edinburgh shows or, or tour shows, and you know, I like to to be the first person laughing and get the laughter started i think it can <laughs> you know it can it can work it can be infectious um but um sometimes you're sat in a, in a in a room 
and it's just something's not clicking. And you know it's not the show. You can watch. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've been yeah. to see friends who I can tell are having a tough gig and they're not even referencing it. They're not even saying, oh, this is a tough audience, you're a tough audience. But I can tell just from the way they're performing that they're having having difficulty. And I think that's the thing you that's the thing you, you, you lose, um, which is it's a positive thing you lose from doing stuff over Zoom. But it also yeah. does mean you can disappear into endless waffle where you don't ever think about the fact there's an audience and you know that that can be a problem it, you know it's it's a funny thing because i me and my uh my friend tom started to do something that we wanted to do in person but couldn't do in person so we ended up doing it over zoom with people watching but we made them turn their cameras off so that they could just enjoy it and then we kind of checked in with them halfway through but it was a um, my wife and I write pantomimes and children's theatre professionally, so we, we like we took our scripts and turned them into a drinking game. Oh wow! Oh, and great! It, and it turned out <laughs> it sounds horrific, but it turns out to be one of the most fun things because everyone started sober. Only four people playing all the parts. Every time you enter as your character, you drink. Every time you leave the scene, you drink. Every time the scene ends, everyone drinks. And then at like three times throughout the show, we pick a random word. So. Um, for Dick Whittington, I think it was gold, which obviously comes up quite a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. So by the end of it, it just turns into this cacophony of chaos. But it's just it turned out to be a really good thing because people could just chill out and watch it. But I, I, I now want that feeling of doing it in front of an audience. However, it's going to be more heckling than there would be over Zoom. I think that's the problem. Oh, it's going to be. But then that, you know, for Panto, <laughs> you sort of want that, don't you? I mean, yeah. I would say, a, like, you know, matinee on a on a saturday afternoon is probably a, a tougher audience than a late yeah. show friday at the comedy store oh oh I think oh yeah <laughs> when it's kids when it's kids hopped up on haribo and every single one of them has got uh you know one of those enormous foam fingers that you buy in the, in the foyer <laughs> and for some reason they've got like a, a sword that lights up 15 different colors and oh, yeah. you know, plays a song and they're waving those and you know and poor old Craig Revel Hall was trying to give his best Captain Hook. You know, it's, uh... <laughs> we did one. I did one once um, at a theatre in Leicester, and the the first note of the overture played, and five hundred kids lost their minds, and it didn't stop until the end of the show. And I don't know. It was literally like I'd put crowd noise on for the whole show. <laughs> it's like the Beatles at Shea Stadium. You I... couldn't hear yourselves. Like that scene of John Lennon just banging the keyboard with his elbows. Yeah, that's it's mad. But I'm glad to hear that you've enjoyed doing it online because it's it's for those who don't know, um, I'll put links to the, the shows in the episode description. But it's really it's been so much fun kind of following how it's developed and all the daily stuff and it's been great. Ah, oh, big pappy's fan of mine. Big pappy's. Well, like, um, thank you so much. And I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that you're, you, you were, you were from a panto background. Yeah, um, I mean, well, mostly musical theatre, but um, Jess and I just ended up kind of casting. This is where I've done most of my casting work was for pantomime companies, but then we ended up writing them for the company for six years. But that meant ones that went round to like primary schools, like the tours. So loads went to schools. I ended up writing. Um, like a nursery school panto so basing it not panto panto but like a kind of a segue from reading a story into a panto based around this kind of magical nursery world so i a lot of people saw a show that i wrote as their first ever show which was quite cool 
That's really exciting. Well, I think that's true of a lot of kids watching Panto. It will be their first experience of going to the theatre. Yeah. Great. This is why it means so much to me because it's, it is people's first, and certainly in the last year, it's not happened. There's a lot of generations that go with two or three generations, a lot of families that go with two or three generations worth of family members that, let's face it, it might not happen now. So it's quite a big thing. And you meet people all over the country when we tour around going, it, it just it's what they look forward to. And actually, it might be the only live theatre they go to in a year. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. budget, whether it's just because that's what they enjoy. So it's such a big tradition that I think, yeah, that hit, that hit the, the kind of performance world a lot harder than I think it, it was made public. Um, but yeah, so we, we did that and then we ended up writing them for the company for six years. And I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it because we don't write it for kids. In fact, and that was the thing. The specific people that we had to write it for, very family, like very family orientated. So we had to take away any blue. Sure. Take yeah. away any that. But that meant that Jess and I just wrote it for ourselves. We just wrote it. And if we, there was way too much satire in it for a, a Leicester uh, children primary school audience. But, you know, <laughs> I was reading them back and I'm like, oh, I that's, like, that's like a political that, joke. Know, I like the fact that, you know, it, it, again, firstly, silly relates to everybody. Everybody responds to silly. You know, so yeah. that that always works. But also, I quite like the idea of and what I like about Panto, if it's done well, is that it, it, you can have, you know, every generation of the family getting a little bit of something a little bit different yeah. from it. I'll tell you, um, though, I have a uh, and this is to bring it back to castings. Uh, I have a, a, a namesake who is big in the Panto world and I used to get his castings. So oh, Matt, no. Yeah, there's a Matt Crosby. And actually, Matt Crosby is the reason I'm not Matthew Crosby on Spotlight. Because you've got to register your name. And I have oh, to be Matthew right. Paul Crosby, which is my which is my actual name. But the Matthew Paul is hyphenated. You know, in a way that no one has ever hyphenated those two names. It's not Jean-Claude or something like that. <laughs> Matthew Paul. Uh, so I'm Matthew Paul Crosby on Spotlight. Um, <laughs> because I can't be Matthew Crosby because there's already a Matt Crosby, even though I re very rarely go by Matt. Yeah. They, they won't, they won't allow there to be a Matt Crosby and a Matthew Crosby. And oh, I don't no. even think you're allowed to do initials anymore. I don't think the initial is enough. You've got to do some sort of bizarre, you can either change your name or, uh, or you can, or you can hyphenate it. But I used to get, so I get mm. an email through, through my agents saying, um, we'd like Matthew to come and read for, you know, like you say, like Dick Whittington or something. We'd like him to bring a song, a dance and a bit of business. And I'd say, are you sure this is me? <laughs> are you sure this is me? Because, uh, you know, I'm happy to do a song and a dance. You know, I'll do all of that kind of stuff. But um, I can't do either of those things to the standard that a panto performer should be able to do them. And they're like, no, no, we, we, we've made a mistake. It's the other I mean, one. I now need a pappy's panto. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd I'd love it. I'd absolutely we'll love it. We'll get you in. We'll get you in the next drink along. That's what we'll do. Oh yes, please <laughs> sign me up. I'd love to. My God, it got messy. I oh, can imagine. God, and messy. Is the audience drinking as well? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they're kind of in the chat as well. So they're they're doing all the calling out, but in the chat because it got a little bit too loud. But it's just, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. But yeah. Uh, my head has hurt <laughs> more more after those shows I bet, than yeah. just any of the standard daily drinking in lockdown. So this is um, weirdly on topic for what we've spoken about already. Uh, it's another commercial audition and we were talking about miming props. Mm -hmm. Here we go. He says, commercial time team. 
I went for an ad for a new energy drinks brand. We had to be absolutely crazy in a club queue, ready for a wild night, and then open a can of drink and down it. Obviously, they had some cans of the energy drink there for props for if we wanted to hold them. And as the make an impression training in my brain clicked in, I saw my plan of attack. I went wild. Loud, headbanging, air horn noises, dabbing, the works. The panel clearly loved it. Came to the end of the direction and to mime downing the can of energy drink. But I decided I was going for it. I clicked the can open and started to neck it. Yes! Impressions made. However, within a millisecond of it touching my tongue, it became very clear that this was the worst thing I had ever put in my mouth. A soapy, flowery, somehow spicy, fizzy syrup hit the back of my throat like a gone-off Carabelle latte with added potpourri. My body rejected it, and out of my nose it came, spraying the panel in a sticky, grim mist. Oh, no. Nobody said a word, and I stood there trying not to fully hurl. <laughs> Sugary energy drink dripping from my nostrils. <laughs> That's all we need, came the quiet voice from behind a grimace from the casting assistant. <laughs> and I sprinted out the room to vomit in the bathroom. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, again, this is not the key detail of this, but the phrases you hear as you're leaving the room, you always know. And, and that's all we need is pretty unequivocal because they're never going to say to you, that was bad, get out of here. But that's all we need is effectively <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, the other one. Just thank you. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to do it again? Would you like <laughs> to do it again? I mean, okay. All I right. can make it no. spray further, I think, as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can go full exorcist on this if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, putting putting stuff in your mouth. I mean, you know, I was I, I was I was complaining about the like you say, complaining about the miming miming stuff, but um I did. I had to do an advert where they it was it was for chewing gum. It was saying how delicious this chewing gum was. You're not going to believe how amazing this chewing gum is. All other chewing gums taste like cardboard, and they didn't have the chewing gum, but they had the cardboard. And so the <laughs> idea was they they gave us they gave us bits of cardboard that we were supposed to lick. You know, like we were like the so it was, it, we were you're paired up again, paired up with a stranger. I was paired up with a with a, a a very funny actor. She was great. Um, really, you know, really brought a lot to the scene, which is always good for you because it means you're going to be be better. Um, but her job was to mime chewing gum, which she did brilliantly. I genuinely believe she had a piece of gum, and my job was to lick cardboard. <laughs> and the worst thing about it was they'd given me a bit of cardboard that I wasn't the first licker. Oh no! I wasn't the first oh, no. guy on this. I wasn't. I wasn't the first. Uh, I wasn't the first bod on this. Um, on this bit of cardboard. Oh, so it, so there was a sort of there was a sort of damp patch in the centre, which is obviously where if you're going to lick a bit of cardboard with maximum impact, you're going straight for the bullseye. But uh, I didn't. Uh, so I, I was trying to lick kind of around. <laughs> I mean, again. <laughs> You know, there have been a lot of negatives about the uh, coronavirus pandemic, but the idea of asking two people to look the same bit of cardboard, that's gone out the window, hasn't it? Um, oh, my but, God. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I had to I had to sort of... I, first, I, I flipped it over, but whoever had done the initial licking had done such a good job that the 
it was penetrating the back of the car. Oh. And we're talking about like, you God. know, cardboard box, corrugated, you know, cardboard box, cardboard. So thick stuff. He, you know, whoever had the role before me, uh, had the casting before me, deserved to get the role because um, they've really gone for it. But yeah, I had to sort of, so I was just trying to, you know, just trying to sort of, you end up doing something that's actually far more intimate with the cardboard than just <laughs> wiping your big flat tongue against it. Oh, you know, I was dear. sort of, I was sort of really giving it a night, a, a night to remember um, with the with the sort of tip of my tongue, and they were like, "No, can you just really lick it?" And I, but again, could you really any, just really lick it? Just Whoa, go really on. go for it. Again, any reasonable person would have just said, can I, "Is there any chance I could get a fresh piece of cardboard?" Or <laughs> I've done enough c- commercial castings. Can I mime the cardboard? But instead, I just sort of licked around the bit where, where he'd licked. Oh, and, um, God. And then uh, turned back to finish off the scene with this girl. And I felt so sorry for her because um, she was doing such a good job. I mean, I hope they brought her in with someone else because they didn't see me again that day. Um, but uh, as I was talking to her, like in slow motion, like a kind of, you know, like a kind of Hitchcock zoom went off in my mind. I was like, oh, I've just been licking cardboard. Mm. That's disgusting. And Mm -hmm. started to retch. But in a way that was like, I was retching at the back of my throat. You know, like when you're trying to suppress a yawn, you think (laughs) if I just lock my jaw and like my eyes start to water, I'll just, I won't look like anything's happening. I might look like I'm a little bit tired, but that's it. Um, So I was just there locking my jaw, eyes watering, talking to her through gritted teeth while she's doing a brilliant job. I hope she got the advert actually, because... I was awful. But I mean, what? you know, in my defence, I had just been licking a cardboard box. Yeah. Noshing off the back of Tony the Tiger or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> wow, this world, I love it. Obviously, it's such a, it's such a fun thing because the end products, the filming days can be so good and you can meet some oh, great yeah. people. It's a wonderful creative thing. But these first instances are just nuts. Yeah. Just my, mad. My first casting, I actually... Uh, my first advert casting I actually got um, the guy who I starred alongside. I see him pop up in stuff all the time. I mean, he was yeah. one of these people. He was a very good actor. He's a phenomenal actor. Um, uh, they cast me, and they were looking to cast the person I was going to be. It was a bottled water advert. They're looking at the, the person who was going to be my foil, and he was really good. He'd, you know, like I have done none of that. I've done none of the studying. I've not been to, you know, I've not been to drama school. I've just, you know, been enthusiastic enough to kind of finagle my way into this. Um, but he, and wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be a, a, a real, he was working in a, in a theatre, uh, in all of the things, you know, he was working in a theatre on box office during the day, doing yeah. castings whenever he could get the time off. And I sh- he shows up now, he's been in Peaky Blinders, he was in Death of Stalin, the uh, Amandio Anucci movie, and it always makes me feel amazing um, that he's done so well out of it. Um, because... It's I, I've seen like he had to come back for that. He had to come back for uh, 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 to be sort of a, a callback. He had to come back for callbacks four or five times so they could see him perform in different clothes. Again, it's, it comes down to this thing. Oh, the clients don't the clients don't have a, have much imagination. They liked what I what I'd worn to the you know I'd I'd worn a sort of Fred Perry style top, and they were like, yeah, we like what you're wearing. We like you. You're cast. We're umming and ahhing about uh, uh, about Daniel here. We're not sure, um, but we'd like to see how whether we can do it in a tie. And you want to oh. go? I mean, you know, to be fair, 
at that time, every recall we got, we got fifty pounds. So I couldn't complain. Yeah, yeah. Rec recall fees back. start to add up, don't they? Yeah, and you know that was fine. So every time he had a recall, I had to come back in to recall with him. So we were getting, you know, we were getting fifty quid, you know, a, a week, which was great, you know, amazing uh, to be getting that. Um, but at the same time, it was still. Is he going to get this advert in the end? Is is this actually going to happen for him, or are they going to go? No, we just don't believe he's the sort of person that would wear a t-shirt. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, he's done he's he's done very well, and I'm proud is the wrong word because you know we met on that job. We've never spoken since. We're Facebook friends, but I'm I'm proud. You know, I'm proud because I knew you know I knew how how crap. That's the the, the thing. Every actor, with the possible exception of maybe I don't know Tom Hiddleston, has really uh, has really gone for it and really, you know, has done those shit jobs uh, in order yeah. to get where they are today. Has done those castings where you're treated like a sort of human prop. Just be the bacon. Just be the bacon. So it's, you know. <gasps> yeah. Which for a vegetarian like yourself is problematic as well. Tough, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm eating bacon. I know what bacon is. <laughs> right. This is the final story that I am going to read you today. Great. And I have been waiting... Not for this to happen, because I can already know how bad this is, but um, I've been waiting for a story like this to be sent in in the time of Zoom auditions and self-tapes and everything that goes with it. So he says, I've heard you looking for embarrassing audition stories, so I'd like to share mine. A cautionary tale. When you have a Zoom audition... You should absolutely never click directly on the link they send you and always enter the Zoom ID for the meeting. I made this mistake. I was auditioning for an advert for a national telecoms company. All was well and I entered the waiting room where I sat for a full 20 minutes. I did think this was slightly odd but auditions run late so there's no drama there. Eventually I was entered into the audition room with another actor, let's call him Dave, who I'd be acting against. The casting director then said hello to Dave and had a chat before asking him to do a quick ident for them. They then came to me and asked, is it Steve? To which I was slightly miffed as they'd known exactly who Dave was, but I confirmed that I was indeed Steve. It was at this point I noticed what my Zoom name was. I need to backtrack a little bit, about 10 days to an incredibly drunk Zoom quiz with my college year group. By the end of the night, it had dis it had descended to the point where a lot of abuse was flying about, and I assumed my natural and very comfortable role as the butt of a large portion of the jokes. My retaliation to this was to change my Zoom name and abuse my peers in return. Fast forward again to the audition, and the shocking realisation that for the full 20 minutes that I was in the waiting room, and the first five or so minutes of the audition, the audition panel knew me by my screen name, You're All C Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Always check your name before you sign into a Zoom audition, kids. Oh, my God. Oh, right. <laughs> that, to me, uh -oh. and I mean, I, you know, I, like, uh, 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 the, the other stories were, were bad and probably more <laughs> scarring. But that, to me, because how do you come back from... It feels like you're... It, it feels like a statement. I mean, it is a statement. <laughs> of course, it's, it's, yeah. it's literally yeah, yeah, a statement. Yeah. But it feels like you, um, you know, we've all been at, um, we've all been at castings or, or, or run-throughs where there's somebody who 
doesn't want to admit that they are as desperate as the rest of us and therefore <laughs> behaves like they're, they're a little bit better than this. And you go, well, you're not better than this. You're here as well. You're, here. you're about yeah. to go into that room. You're going to be holding the Horlicks just like the rest of us. You're going to be licking the cardboard. <laughs> yeah, you lick we're that all cardboard. A, yeah, we're all on a level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're all on a level. We're none of us better than this job because we're going for this job. If you're better than this job, you're at home, not, take, not going for the audition. And I, I, I get the feeling that the people doing that casting would think, oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Steve is one of those guys who's like, oh, he thinks he's a bit funny. Uh, he thinks he's a little bit better than this. That to me is, I mean, I'd love to, you know, if, if only we had our friend Steve here now, we could, we could find out how, how do you, like, is there any more to the email? Has he come back from it at all? Has he, does he does he explain how he... I hope you enjoy this. Is that, is that where he ends it? Does he explain how he gets around it? <laughs> that was it. Is that yeah. what he said? Right. I mean, well, enjoy is, a, is the wrong word. Yeah, But yeah, you're right. How do you get out of that? A what situation you, that bad? What do you say? Like, what's your recourse to go... Because <sighs> also, it, it, exactly, you know, like, it, it feels... If, I mean, it is unprofessional, but it feels like it's a it's a detail that like I didn't check I didn't check this said Matthew Crosby before I I logged in. Um, it I mean, it, it does, but I didn't check it. It feels <laughs> like one of those details, you know, in the same way that you know, b- back in the old days, the two things you had to do before going on stage was you know check your teeth and check your flies. Yeah. Um, it feels like that that's our new thing now, isn't it? I mean, you know, check check your back check check your background check your name. Everyone is still learning Zoom, you know, even a year in. A lot of people haven't used it a huge amount. So I kind of, I, I don't blame him. But at the same time, you just need to make sure that you, you just need to make sure that it's not completely horrific. Yeah. Can you, oh dear. can you, I mean, because also as well, it, that's a, that is a word that is, I mean, divisive doesn't even cut it, does it? It's, it's a word that can really oh, no. upset people. It's um, the worst. It's one of the worst ones. It's yeah, I'd say it's you know in in quite a lot of professions, um, I'm thinking kind of broadcasting, n- namely, it's a career ender. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if I for some reason uttered a phrase like that on um, on Radio X on a Sunday morning, oh, that's that's the end of me and radio. Yeah. I would say immediately, straight away. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's no real coming back from that one. Um, no. So I, I, I feel like, yeah, it's, it, you, you don't even have the recourse to go, oh, sorry, I was playing a drinking game a couple of nights ago because I'm a, I'm a bit of a laugh. Because then you could just imagine <laughs> a person going, yeah, well, I don't find that. I don't, that's yeah. not my idea of a laugh. And actually, if that's your idea of a laugh, I don't think we want, want you working on this project because yeah. we consider ourselves to already be a laugh without yeah. having to descend to uh, effing and jeffing about it. Yeah. You do, yeah, you don't need to sell very good, high-quality fibre broadband with that word. So, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dear me. So before, uh, the last thing we do in the episode, um, and before we let you go, is we ask you what your audition addition would be. So if there was one thing that you could add in to the audition process um, to make it more enjoyable or just move a little quicker for everybody involved what would it be so we've had um ruth bratz was uh go and treat yourself afterwards 
to make sure that even if it went absolutely horrifically, you know there's something to look forward to. Yes. Um, we had a panic button, which I think we almost touched on earlier on, where you, if you both know it's not going your way or you just want to leave without any repercussions, you hit that button and you go, right, I'm off. See you later. So I quite like that. Or even yeah. tell each other a secret so that you break down the ice before the casting panel judge you for what you do in the room. So Matthew Crosby, what would be your audition addition? Right. I think a I think a judgment from you on them. Ooh, because I like they that. Have, they've spent the last, you know, wh whether it's thirty five seconds or you know four hours judging you, and you, you can do it with you know you can do it in with with real kindness. It doesn't have to be right. Listen, you know, it, it turns out the thing I wrote on Zoom was true. Um, it doesn't <laughs> have to be that. It it can be, um, you know. Just, I, f I find it a little bit hard that no one's made eye contact with me. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I find the I find the way you phrased that little um, direction to be uh, a bit tricky. Uh, yeah, I think something like that, just a little bit of judgment. And again, and, and it should be, you know, it's it's like you say, it's built in to the audition, so they're used to it. You're not surprising them. So at the end of it, as you're walking out, because as you're walking out, your brain is flooded with should have done that, could have done this better, you know. That was a mess. Uh, I think a moment where you all get to go, hey, I know there was a problem there or, you know, I thought that was, I thought that went okay, whatever it is, but here's how you could do something better. I mean, admittedly, yeah. if you did that at the end of a casting, you'd never book anything. It's not a foolproof plan because uh, casting directors, you know, I mean, I've been, I've been on both sides of it as, as I know you have as well. Yeah. And... They're long days. Sometimes mm. someone walks in and from the second they walk into the room, they're just wrong. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, it's not anything they've done. And it's not even that they're the, you know, they're, they're bad at the, at the job. You just know from the second they walk in, they're wrong. And, you know, even if they did a phenomenal performance, you'd just be like, there's something about you that just doesn't, you're not this character. You're not this person. Yeah. My friend, I, I, this is, I, I meant to tell this earlier, but my, my friend, um, Ben from Pappy's uh, did a casting where they they sent him the brief and you often get uh, like little pictures and uh, you know we're looking for a Jack Black type or something like that and they'll have a picture yeah. of Jack Black you know and um, that will give you an idea of oh yeah I guess you know I've got that sort of thing you were looking for a Stephen Merchant well I'm sort of you know tall and a bit nerdy that's that's great and um they they sent him the casting for uh, a guy who the photo was of him, and <laughs> the the name of the character was Ben. So it was, like, it was, oh a, it was an casting, and they're like, Ben is this guy, you know, he's this age, which was Ben's age. He's you know he's you know I I, I don't know if it was as specific as you know he's from the uh, he's from the Midlands. He does but sketch it was, comedy. <laughs> he says yeah yeah, but it was it was a picture of 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 Ben with a description of Ben and saying, this is who we're looking for. <laughs> we're looking for this type. And uh, he didn't get it. Oh, come on. He, he didn't get it. So, <laughs> so apparently he's either not Ben enough or far too Ben when you yeah. meet him in person. Yeah. We need, we need someone like you, just not quite you. That's the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd oh love to say God. it was like, we need someone like you who's just in our price bracket, but no, he was willing to do it for the, for the money. Yeah. It was just, um, you know, when, when he shows up, they're like, oh, is this is this the you we were thinking of? 
Ah, uh, turns out we didn't mean you. Yeah. It's too- <laughs> we meant someone it's- else. Can you put a filter on in real life, please? No, it's <laughs> <laughs> And there we go. That was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with the brilliant Matthew Crosby. If you've enjoyed Matthew on the show, then you'll love our episodes with Suze Kempner, Ruth Bratt, Ori Styler, Emily Fleming, Christina Bianco, Thomas Mitchells, loads of brilliant comedy actors already out. So get yourselves binging our episodes that are already out. Lots of theatre people, lots of TV, lots of comedy. You'll love it. And tons and tons of audition disaster stories. Oh, what a, what a cringy episode it was this week, but I absolutely loved it. I love being able to use my bleep button. <laughs> if you've enjoyed if you've enjoyed Matthew on the show this week, make sure you check him out on Radio X every Sunday morning between 8 and 11 with Ed Gamble. The podcast of that is a brilliant antidote to the stressful times we live in. Also, in the episode description and show notes, I will link to all of Pappy's content and Matthew's Twitter and Instagram. Go and check him out on Instagram. His cat is adorable. Uh, <laughs> lovely guy. Thank you so much, Matthew. I really appreciate your time. If you are new to us, make sure you subscribe and rate us and all that stuff. You know what you're doing. You're listening to podcasts. You know what you're doing. Now, a couple of in- bits of information about next week's uh, episodes. So next Friday, we will be bringing you a brilliant musical theatre themed episode from some stars of the West End because it's all tying into our special Grad Fest week. Um, as you know, students and theatre graduates and performers, everything went online and effectively they're graduating for a career that doesn't exist at the moment. So we went over to Cadogan Hall and teamed up with the Grad Fest and Amina Hamid Productions to talk to 40 theatre graduates from London and the surrounding areas about how it's been over the last year graduating into a pandemic. It's uh, two really funny bonus episodes out on Wednesday and Thursday. Loads of stories about how they've coped with their first auditions, not having those auditions, and how it's been looking after each other's mental health as well. A little bit different, but really enjoyable, really entertaining, and really funny. So that's on Wednesday, Thursday next week, and finishing with a brilliant new full episode of the show on Friday. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you check us out in the week. We hope to make you laugh. We make this show because we want to make your week better. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for recording. And on behalf of my co-producer, John Webb Carter, and I, thank you very much for enjoying the show. Remember, stay safe, sanitize and wash your hands, wear your mask correctly. And don't forget, don't call us, we'll call you. See you soon! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. If you've got a story that you'd like to share with the show anonymously, then email it to us at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. Or alternatively, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at don'tcalluspod or Twitter at don'tcalluspod2. We're on TikTok, so do what you want with that. I'm an old man. I don't understand it. But if you'd like to support the show further, then please make sure you rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. A couple of words helps us be found by people all over the globe who don't know about us. Or you can find us on podchaser.com slash don't call us pod to review us anywhere. And if you'd like to support the show by buying us a coffee, you can do so on coffee.com forward slash don't call us pod. That's ko-fi.com forward slash don't call us pod. And it all goes towards making the show better. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week.